You may be seated in the house. What a beautiful day it is. You look just wonderful, marvelous. Uh, thank you, worship team. Thank you, everyone in the house that uh, leads us, guides us. Karen, I, I'm telling you what, I think we need to attend that marriage class in such a way. I get so fired up when I hear you guys talk about this. It's just like, I mean, we've been married 40 years this August, amen? And she's, yeah, and, and she's put up with some stuff, so, I, you know, so anyhow, we'll go on. But it's good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. I want you to go in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 60. I could not be more fired up than what I am about Pastor Derek Snodgrass tonight. I, I'm telling you, he's going to bring fire tonight. And the presence of the Lord mixed with the glory of the Lord that is in this room. There's no telling what's going to be happening. And we've already, already this week been hearing and getting texts and emails about people who encountered the Lord in the water. Uh, last Sunday and last Saturday. And there is an element, or I should say a level of glory in this room right now that may be uh, close to being unprecedented in what I've seen and encountered. I've walked into this room multiple times this past week and spent some time in prayer, and I'm feeling in my physical body. Now, we, we have to be careful about we don't walk by feeling, we walk by faith. But how many of us love feelings from time to time? All right. How many of you love just to, for the kiss of the Holy Spirit to come upon you? I mean, he's, he's a loving father. I mean, what would a father be like if he never touches you, embraces you, or just says, you know, I love you, which is wonderful, but I want, I wanna, I want the Holy Spirit to wrap his loving arms around me. And this week, multiple times, I would just be in the house, in this room, and feel waves of his love just waves of his love, just the embrace of the Lord. I've been in seasons when I've not had that, where the Lord pulls away to a certain extent, not to uh, startle me, not to show disapproval toward me, but to encourage me to move closer to him, right? To pursue him even more. And so uh, these waves that I'm feeling in my spirit, in my heart, and just on my physical frame is an indication that we are right now in deep, deep waters. Oh, I want to say it again, in deep, deep waters, deep waters, deep waters of his glory. I, I don't want ankle deep. I don't want knee deep. I don't want waist deep. I want it to be where I have to swim in that. Praise his holy name. Stand to your feet. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 60 today. And Isaiah chapter 60, what a, what a significant word it is for us as a body. And, and let me say this as well. As I'm, I'm ministering today on the word, the Lord will watch over his word to perform it. All right? We're not interested in just having a Logos message. We want a rhema word. We want, okay, the Logos being preached, the Logos being read, but we want a, a, an, an encounter with the Lord. The more that we talk about healing, the more people get healed. Have you ever noticed that? The more we preach salvation, more people get born again. The more we teach community, we engage in fellowship. 
the more we talk about prayer, the more people pray. The more we talk about witnessing, the more people sow in. The more we talk about glory, guess what happens? God's glory just begins to move in. Why? Because our faith is elevated. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If I talk to you about financial um, uh, sowing and reaping, it challenges you to sow, right? So guess what happens? There's a reaping. Our church moves in the direction of our preaching and teaching. Your home moves in the direction of your words. Your life moves in the direction of your words. Now, if y'all waiting on me to start preaching, I'm already preaching, all right? But, but, I, but I, I'm here with great anticipation today and excited about what God's doing in us spiritually, his, his glory, his presence, the water, revival, our worship, our teaching, our, all of it, every part of it. I am absolutely elated. Are you ready? Touch three people as you have your Bible. Don't hit them in the head, but tell them I'm ready, and you need to get ready, all right? Woo, thank you, Lord. Come on, let's lift our hands. Father, I thank you for the presence. I thank you, for your, I thank you Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that your presence brings peace and calm. Lord, your presence also brings healing, mm -hmm. grace, mercy, joy. But Lord, I also thank you that your presence, there's a confrontation to a degree. Lord, there is conflict in the room. I thank you, Lord, that you're pressing against us, Lord, that you are tapping on our heart, pounding on our heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all of those encounters this morning. Yeah, in Jesus' name, Isaiah chapter 60. Remain standing. I'm going to get to this scripture. Y'all know. Okay, you know, in 2017 of December, we called our church to a 21-day fast. Y'all remember that? In January of 2018, we began a 21-day fast where many of our congregation did without food altogether. Others chose a Daniel fast and certain components of that. But around 85% of our congregation said we're going to fast at some level. That's remarkable. And our leadership said we're going to do three things during this fast. You'll remember them, right? And I say this over and over again. Why? I never want you to forget how the revival started and how it continues today. It is important for you to understand this. We decided right here, we said from this pulpit, when we come together for fasting and praying corporately, we're going to ask God for three things. Or there will be three directions that we will go. One, God, we're going to come into this room and seek your face. We're going to seek your face. We're going to seek your face. You remember this. We remember us talking about that. Number two... We said, God, we want to behold your glory. Do you remember that? We want to seek your face and we want to behold your glory. And thirdly, anything in us that grieves you, God, would you reveal it so that we can repent of that? Everywhere I go when I minister, I'll be in Florida tomorrow. I'll be in Missouri on Thursday. I will say those three things. Revival, 
corporately and personally are connected to those three things. Nothing, nothing. These are the foundations, if you will, the pillars that introduce the presence of God, the glory of God in this room. God, we are coming for your face. We want to behold your glory and God, anything in us that grieves you. It's interesting that for now six years, every prayer meeting, nearly every prayer meeting, these are the three things that we pray for. Your face, your glory, and right standing with you. His glory. Isaiah 60, look at it if you will. I love this text, verse one. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now just stop right there. When you and I hear of the glory of God, now listen to this, it means, and it can mean, his splendor, his majesty, his excellence, his grandeur, talk to me, the fullness of God, the full embodiment of the Godhead. Think with me. And this prophetic word says, as a word to us today, that the glory of God is going to rise upon you. Do you see that? Verse two, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. You may be seated. There's darkness and then there's deep darkness. But in the midst of all that is happening, God says there will be a people that I will cause my glory to rest upon and to be seen. I want to talk to you today about the observable glory. The observable glory. Numbers chapter 14 verse 21 the Bible says this. Now, write this down as a reference. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Isaiah 6.3, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, and the whole earth shall be full of his glory. What do I mean? His splendor, his majesty, his grandeur. All of this, his, his strength, his authority, his holiness shall be filled. The whole earth shall be filled with this. My faith is every time we come together in this room that the glory of God just permeates every aspect, every room, all of this space. Every corner, the glory of the Lord. Father, make it happen. How many are you in agreement with me this morning? Now watch this. 
the glory is going to manifest when there's darkness on the earth. And not just any kind of darkness, but deep darkness. So I've come to give you good news today. Talk to me. That many of us are wanting to have things to become lighter and brighter. But we are escalating. Our speed is intensifying toward the end of all things. We are rapidly coming to the conclusion, and your Bible tells us, that as this happens, as we get closer to the end, the rapture of the church, the second coming of Jesus, that darkness is going to cover the earth, and not just any type of darkness, but deep darkness is going to surround every facet of life. Do you hear me? Thank you, God. And God says, in the midst of all of this, there will be a remnant of my people, a group, a a segment of society that will encounter his glory. And it's going to rise upon us and literally fill the earth. Come on now, somebody. It's literally going to fill the earth. And I wanted you to prepare yourself as things worsen, mm -hmm, God is positioning the church for greater glory. Touch somebody and say greater glory. As perversion and confusion and misunderstanding and trying to figure out who we are, what we are, and where we're going, as this perversion literally clothes our society in every way from the highest people in government. Talk to me now. From the highest people of government to the lowliest of people in society, as they're wrapped in deep darkness, there will be a remnant of God's people that will encounter his glory and will be the hope of the world. Talk to me in this house. Now, I need need to help you for just a few moments. Write these things down because it's important. The glory of God is multi faceted, if you will, multifaceted. There are many dimensions to the word glory and elements of glory, if you will, and it's vast and cannot be narrowed down to one simple expression or manifestation. Are you with me? Throughout the Bible, guys, throughout the word of God, throughout the Bible, there are Many, many scriptures that talk about the glory of God and encountering such glory. But I've come with a specific message today. Talk to me now, somebody. I've come to talk about the observable. The observable. mm, The observable glory of God. I feel him. I sense him. I walk into his glory. But the Bible talks about there are certain moments that the glory of God is observable. Let's talk about it today. I'm ready. I want you to 
pull up the picture in the back because my system has disconnected. I want you to pull up in the back, if you will, the tabernacle. I want you to see that in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about fire by night and a cloud by day. Put it on the middle screen, please. And as you see this, and as you look at this, this is what I believe it looked like back in the day when Moses was in the tent and the tabernacle. Not long ago, a couple few years ago, we had a meeting here at our church where young people gathered together. We had a youth meeting. The presence of God was so strong, I remember a young man in the water who had scoliosis and his back straightened in the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just recently in, I think, Delaware or New York, no, it was New York, and a man in the water literally felt as he sat down into the water, his back began to crack all the way from the tailbone literally piece by piece by piece by piece all the way up to the base of his neck because of the fire of the Holy Spirit and the glory of God in the room. Come on now, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because even as I'm speaking, faith is rising with someone right here because you got back problems. You're, you're going from one side to the next side. Your hip dislocated or not dislocated, but there may be uh, you know, your, your disc may not be misaligned. I'm telling you the glory of the Lord. Every time I mention things like this, God just shows up and heals. Why? Because faith is in the room. So an individual left the meeting and was headed home and was pumping gas and observed back toward our building. Look back toward where our church was. They were at the Chevron on 400 right there behind McDonald's. And so you, it's pretty easy to know. You just kind of look in this direction. Pull up the next picture, if you will, of that. Because this is, this is important. Now, now I'm, I've been around for some time. I've been in Pentecost since 1995, uh, literally here in 1995 when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm a skeptic of all skeptics, if you want to know the truth. I'm, I'm a cynic. I doubt things. You tell me you saw an angel, I smile with my face, but in my head, I said, are you sure? Talk to me. Come on. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Well, he was 83 feet tall, and he had seven heads, or whatever it is. I'm thinking, okay, I'm entertaining you by smiling, but I'm thinking because of my Baptist background, I doubt everything at the beginning. And I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because it, it keeps me from just believing because you, you or I say something. But in all my years of living, I've never seen something quite like, I've never seen the sky like. over our building. I don't even know who took the picture. But they immediately sent it to someone in the house and they sent it to me and said, you're not gonna, look what's happening above our building at this very moment. 
I'm telling you, there is something that God has found in this room. And it's not the space in general, but it is the people. It is something that, that, that is attracting God to this room. Now, we, we got to understand it's not because I perform a certain way or you perform a certain way or we're just Christ fellowship. No, no, no. I remember being in this room when there's 115 people on Sunday morning. Can you imagine putting 115 people in a 1,300-seat sanctuary? Do you hear what I'm saying? I know what it's like to bring people into this room and say, we're shrinking the size of the congregation, and we're going to take it from this pole all the way to that corner, and we're just going to just make that fellowship space. And the same thing over there where we remember Pastor Marty, we brought him in, people that were going to build the wall, and we said we want a wall at that beam headed in that direction, and our sanctuary was going to be these three sections alone. So I know where I've been seven years ago, six years ago. He's not here because of something that he literally thinks, okay, super church. There's something, though, about this house. There's something about these people that God is attracted to. Can I go back to what they are? Come on, don't forget these. Here's the three pillars. Our desire is to seek his face. God, we want to behold your glory. And anything in us that grieves you, show us so that we can repent of it and get it right with you, Lord. Anytime we come off of those foundations... Anytime we make our ministry about healing, anytime we make it about teaching, anytime that we make it about preaching, if we, if we shift and say, no, it's about our worship, it's about, no, 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 I'm, I'm here to tell you the hand of God will pull off of this place. If preaching could have attracted the glory, it would have happened 18 years ago, 15 years ago. If worship would have attracted the glory, it would have happened 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Those things are important, but what attracted the glory was a commonality among the people. My heart aches for his presence. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for you. Oh, God, you said you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. So, God, I'm coming after you. My pursuit is you, not church growth, not a big building, not a label, not a book deal, not a congregation where everybody's happy and flowing. No, our desire is you, not even the people, not even those in our community. We love them, but, God, we want you. And the moment our thing shifts, even to the slightest degree, I can sense it. I can feel it. I know it when we move just a, a, just a degree, just a half a degree. I feel it. And God says, you move, you turn, and I need you to come to this space. Many of you that, that, that know that are in aviation, that you fly, if you're off just one degree taking off from Atlanta and you're headed to San Francisco, you're going to move, you're going to land in LA somewhere. Just one, well, one degree, that's not that big of a deal. Over the long haul it is. How many golfers I have in the room? You just tilt your little club head one degree. You go from hitting it down to the middle to hitting it in the woods. And by the way, Anybody can hit good golf balls in the middle of the fairway. 
I tell people all the time when playing golf, you got an advantage. You're always in the middle of the fairway. I said, who can't hit off of smooth grass? Talent is is when you can hit it behind a tree. Behind a log. Come on, talk to me. That's where talent reveals itself. And I digress. Just get that off my chest. I had a guy ask me the other day, he says, you play golf. I go, ooh, I do that Star Trek type of golf. I go where no man's gone before. I just, <laughs> Lord, I'm over here, I'm over there, and I have to carry three dozen balls. I'm the guy in the lake scooping them out because I know I need that. <laughs> Praise his name. Hallelujah. But the moment we shift is the moment that we, we, he begins to say, you, you move, you move ever so slightly, you move. That happens, the glory of God comes because his face is what we seek, his presence. And we don't just give a, a good shot at it, it's our life. Talk to me. Does this make sense to everyone? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This right here is the night that scoliosis was healed in the water. Y'all don't know because you're in this room. I wish we could peel back the spiritual activity hovering over Dawsonville on Sunday nights. I wish we were able to peel back and look into that fourth dimension, that other realm, if you will, and just say, God, can I just for like 15 to 30 seconds observe the swirling going around this building, the activity that is happening on 400? Can I, can I just see how angels are being beckoned and moved and positioned in this place because of who's walking into this room and what's walking into this room? Can we for just a little bit, oh God, see if we were able to see those big angels, come on, talk to it, which I believe they're real, but you understand. Lord, can I see them drawing their sword like they were in the Garden of Eden, protecting the entrance to the garden? I know we're wrapped up in the serving. I know we're wrapped up. I got to get there. I got to get to prayer. I got to, I got to, you know, my, my shift's at 10 o'clock tonight and I got this to happen the next day and this happened the next day and our minds are always in this ram. But could we for just a moment, oh God, would you peel back? Would you just open up the curtain so it's just a, a little bit so that I can see, God, what's happening in the other dimensions? Blessed be his holy. I want to talk again. Listen to me about the observable glory. John eleven fourteen. Jesus told Martha at Lazarus' tomb that if she believed, she would see the glory of God. Acts chapter 7. Turn in your Bibles, please, quickly. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. You know the story well. This is Stephen. He just preached a message, made everybody mad. He's a deacon term preacher. Thank God for deacons that turn into preachers. Thank God for elders that turn into teachers. Come on now, talk to me. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. Verse 50, I want you to just get context, or verse 51. I mean, I mean, when he's preaching, I mean, he gets into it. He called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. That's a way to get yourself killed. You always resist the Holy Spirit, just as your fathers did. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute, and they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one? Of whom, now you, uh, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. Don't minimize the activity and ministry of angels in this day. Talk to me. When the Lord spoke to me very clearly, he said, I'm positioning, I'm sending you forth warriors. You know, I tell the story all the time that I thought, well, Lord, you're sending us new people to the church. Man, we were running 130 to 140 at this time. You know, we, had, we grew by 10%, praise God. And, he, and, he, and, and, and we're, we're just revival, revival every week. And, and he says, I'm sending you warriors. My heart left. I said, thank God you're sending us people to the church to help us. He says, I'm not sending you people, but I'm sending you angels. And he says, I'm going to put them on the perimeter of your property to protect what I'm doing here to protect the glory. I want you to know that when you come to church tonight, that you're driving through a garrison of spiritual beings. And as soon as your tire crosses the property line and you pull into our facility area, our property, I'm telling you, you are in a very safe place. You, are, you have entered into a realm of his presence of where he's doing kingdom work. It's the most beautiful place in the world as far as I'm concerned. 139 High Tower Parkway. Thank you, Lord. So look at verse 54. You're going to love this, I think. So when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw what? The glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look. Now, he says this. Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But he saw. Now, this is New Testament. He saw the glory of God. Jesus told Martha, you will see the glory of God. And it could be his splendor on display, his majesty on display, his power in demonstration. I'm all for that. But I believe, according to the Old Testament and the New Testament, that there are elements of his glory that are observable. Revelation chapter 21. Turn there. Revelation chapter 21. I want to read, um, begin with verse 11. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Well, 
I think it would be fitting to go back to verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the last seven plays came to me and talked to me saying, come, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. <laughs> you, you, you didn't know it, but you were there. The lamb's wife. Guess who that is? That's the bride of Christ. Talk to me. That's the bride of Christ. He said, I'm going to show you the lamb's wife. <laughs> Dressed. Mm. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city and the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having what? The glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Then he begins to describe the new Jerusalem, verse 22. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Now think about this for just a moment. I'm, I'm building your anticipation. I'm building and stirring in you a hunger. How many of us in this room have observed the natural sun and you've looked right into it? And you know that you only have a few seconds before you begin to say, I can't look at that any longer. And if you continue to look at it, eye damage can occur. Literally in less than 60 seconds. There is no source of light in heaven. There is no sun. There is no moon. There is the glory of God. Hold your spot. Go to Exodus 24. Some of you Pentecostals and Charismatics in this room, which are probably all of you, you may run when I read this text. You just may literally leap to your feet and run around the whole property. Verse, Exodus chapter 24. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, come to me on the mountain and Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back. Indeed, Aaron and Ur are with you, and if any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. And Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud smothered him and covered the mountain. Verse 16. 
Now the glory of God, glory of the Lord did what? Rested on Mount Sinai. That literally means that it just, it just came upon the top of Mount Sinai. It just rested on the mountain. It resided on the mountain. And the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. In verse 17, and listen to the sight of the glory, the sight of the glory, the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Stop for a moment. Pull that picture back up. The sight of the glory of God was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Moses is in the middle of the cloud. But what they see at the bottom of the mountain as they observe north, they just see this fire on the mountain. Moses was in the midst of the cloud, the Bible says, for 40 days and for 40 nights. He remained on the mountain. But what I want to share with you is this, that our God is a consuming fire. Church, you must prepare yourself. You've got to get ready that as darkness intensifies and increases upon the earth. Listen to me. There will be small pockets, not many, but small pockets of individuals that never get off course and never change it. One degree, half a degree, three degrees. God, we're coming for your face. We want to behold your manifest presence, your glory, and anything in us that grieves you. And God says, if I can find a group of people that will do those type of things, listen to me. My glory will be like consuming fire in the midst of them. Blessed be his name. I said blessed be his name. Exodus chapter 16 verse 7. Are you okay? We're doing a Bible drill this morning. Find your Bible. Exodus chapter 16 verse 7. Mm -hmm. Thank you Holy Ghost. Verse four, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from you for you, uh, uh, bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. (laughs) And it shall be on the sixth day, they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much. Isn't it funny? The Lord said, I'm going to test them. He said, just get the rationings for the day. Don't be greedy and grab for two days. Don't grab more than you need. He says, I'm testing them. I'm just going to find out what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. Verse 6, then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, at evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see what? You shall see the glory of God. Then in verse 10, it came to pass that as Aaron spoke to the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold... What happened? The glory of the Lord appeared to them in a cloud. Exodus 29, verse 43, very quickly. 
He says in verse 43 of Exodus chapter 29, and there I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Exodus chapter 40, keep going if you will, stay with me. Verse 34 and 35, underline it, circle the word glory. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And your Bible says in verse 35, and Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because of why? Because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now guys, I'm not splitting hairs here, but the cloud is not the glory. I love the cloud. The cloud is like the manifestation. It's like the Lord kissing us and giving us a sign, giving us an observable element that we can say, wow, he's here. Talk to me, right? And so the cloud is not the glory, but many times in the Old Testament specifically, and even in the New Testament, even in the New Testament, the cloud is, is, is like an indicator that the glory of God is, is there. Now, we've not seen the cloud in this room. My pursuit is not the cloud. He can do and manifest any way he wants to. So don't take the position, well, I've not seen the cloud, so there's no glory. There are, there are places in the Bible where there is no cloud, but yet glory. God's not locked into manifesting a certain way all the time. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Now look at what it says here. Mm, thank you. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's what I want. I, if the cloud comes, glorious. I love it. It's beautiful. I, I, it builds, I guess, faith and excitement. But what about the glory inside? What about the glory inside? That's what I'm after. I, I, I'm after. I'm after that manifest presence of God, of the glory on the inside, is what I'm hungering for. Where it says in verse 35, now this is, this is extreme, that in verse 35, that Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Can you imagine, church, stay with me right here. Can you imagine? That there, let me, let me can I go back to A before I get to C? Can I give you A and B right quick? Now, because you're thinking, I want the glory, I want the glory, I want, oh, I'd like to have that encounter, I'd love to have that experience, I'd love that, I'd love that, and we all want it, our, 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 our hearts long for that. But listen, 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 it's not cheap. You can't rent it. You can't perform to get it. You can't imitate it, mock at it. You can't bring in haze in a service and go, the glory's here. Do you feel his presence? You can't bring fog into a service and think, oh God, I feel his presence. He may come, he may not come. One of the worst things that has ever happened to the church. Well, I, I, thank you. I'm not going to go there. 
there has to be a people that pursue nothing but him. And it is not in your head alone and in your heart alone. It is manifested and demonstrated by your actions. Every one of us in this room, I want to see the glory. I want to encounter the Lord. I love God. I want, to, I want to be his. I want to be all his. I can say that every day, a thousand times a day, and it matter not. Until faith without works is dead. It's not that you serve at the North Georgia Revival that God is after. He's not after your service. And some people, not y'all, but some people think, well, I'm serving. Serving's great, and we keep serving. And we go, I don't need to do anything else because I'm already serving. Serving's wonderful. Well, I'll leave it to everybody else and I'll do my shift and I serve. Serving is good, but how many of you know that you can serve and backslide in the Father's house? The glory will come. Ooh, I, the glory will come when we move from just saying, I'm here to feel an obligation to I am in full pursuit. And in this case, Pastor Marty, there is no shortcut to glory. One thing, it's prayer. Well, I serve. I'd rather you not serve and come pray. If you had to do one or the other, don't serve, but come pray. I can pay somebody to serve. I'll go broke in about a week replacing everybody, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. I can pay somebody to hand out towels. I can pay somebody to ask the four questions. What's your name? Where are you from? Why are you in the water? Do you want to hold your nose? But prayer is the element. There is no exchanging and negotiation. Well, I'll go here and serve. Now, that's A. It's the most important thing that we do. Do you think that back straighten up because you serve and I serve? We have served before. And nothing's happened. Talk to me. We have had ushers before and nothing happened. We've had music before and nothing happened. We've had preaching before and nothing happened. Come on now. We've done nursery workers and nothing happened. Small groups and nothing happened. We have taught and nothing happened. Come on. We have preached and nothing happened. So please understand your service is necessary and important, but that is not what brings the glory of God. The glory of God comes upon a people that are in hot pursuit of his face, and it is indicated 
by gathering together corporately and saying, God, dinner is postponed tonight. My work is postponed tonight. I am coming to the house of God and seeking your face and crying out for your glory. There is no swapping my service for prayer. Or I pray at home. Thank God you pray at home. But there's nothing where one shall send a thousand, but two ten thousand. There's nothing like gathering in the house of God and seeking him. Well, I don't know how to pray. I don't want to be embarrassed. Welcome to the club. Karen, listen. Caneo was great in the beginning. But you talked. And he showed up. But not like he did. Until we started praying. Now, I had you with the glory. Oh, yeah, I want to see that part of God. Second Chronicles 7.15, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in your home. He didn't say at your home, in your bedroom, no. In your car, no. Those things are important. Pray there, pray there, pray there. In this place. In this place. In this house. I long for the day our largest gathering is our prayer meeting. I long for the day that as they're in this position waiting to get into that water, that this room has been so saturated with prayer, the weeping, the wailing, the agony, the travailing in prayer, the warfare. That there is such glory on that water that bodies pile up at the base of the steps. Y'all don't act. Come on. That literally right here, I can't even get into the water. If I get into that water, I may completely just dissolve. My flesh is not going to be able to handle that. That doesn't happen because we're organized. That doesn't happen because we mark it and put it on Facebook and make an invitation for you to come. Miracles are not happening in the water simply because there was a vision of fire on the water. That was the beginning. And he says, I think I found a group of people. They may be extremely small. They may be at 115, but I think their heart has turned toward me to seek my face and cry out for my glory. Those miracles are happening. Yes, there's fire on the water, but the moment we stop praying, as the the moment that we become prayerless or pray less. I had a pastor tell me the other day, he said, Todd, when revival hit my church, I was very prayerful. He says, now I find myself praying less because of the success, the distractions, the busyness. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
The tendency will to pray less. When glory shows up, you think, well, we have crossed over, but we can also cross back. I said it. We can cross over. We have, but we can also cross back. Talk to me. Can you imagine you two, y'all always pray. You're always here. You're always, can you imagine just falling out in the Holy Ghost the closer you get to the water? And we got to drag you, pile you up over here like cordwood, just stack you up and come to in a moment. Talk to me in this house. Do you, do you sense what I'm saying? Do you, do you, there's no condemnation. There, there's, no, there's no condemnation. I hadn't talked to you guys about prayer in months. Well, like this. It's every time. But you hear what I'm saying. There's no letting up. There is no getting to a point where it's not necessary. The more glory, the more we must pray. Because the more glory, the more the attacks. I don't want to settle for scoliosis to be healed. I don't want to settle for limbs growing. I don't want to settle for cancer being dissipated. I don't, want to, I don't want to settle for gluten allergies being healed. I don't want to settle for hearing to be restored and popping open deaf ears. I don't want to, I don't want to settle for blind eyes open. I know I'm greedy right now, Austin. I know I'm thinking, dear Lord, people would give their right arm for that. I've seen it. We've encountered it. All of us are eyewitnesses of his majesty in this house, right? When you see a man get out of a wheelchair and begin to walk and push it out, when you see a lady in that pool in there at last year's women's conference, get up and walk out and push her own wheelchair. When you see that, you go, thank God for that. But there's more. There is absolutely more than that. I, I'm, not, I'm not happy with just a marriage being restored. I'm not happy with just a prodigal. I rejoice and I am glad in heart. But oh my goodness, what would be the end game? What would be the end game when the local funeral home says, before we take him to the morgue and get him ready and embalm him with fluid, they've asked if they could bring them just in the house of God. They want this body to reside in the glory in this place for 24 hours. Come on, don't act on me. Don't Listen, don't get, don't get sideways on me. Why not? I say, why not? Why can't this happen? Why can't God find a group of people, not a pastor, not a teacher, alone, not a staff, not, not just a few select people, but why not the whole group of us say, that's my pursuit. I'm coming after your face. I want to behold your glory. I want, it to be, I want it to be so difficult for me to go to church that I can't even walk into the house of God. If dead bones can have the residue of the glory of God, and a dead man's thrown on bones and is resurrected. I'm stretching us. Because it's very easy to settle down in what we're in the middle of. And, I, and, and, and I, I am happy where we are, but I'm at the same time thinking, God, I know there's more. Am I seeking a, an experience? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Because that's where, that's what, they'll get on here and, and, and they're uh, they just, you know, seeking experiences. It's all emotional. Well, I'm an emotional being. He made me this way. I love experiences. Well, if he doesn't come the way I want him, will I be disappointed? No, I'm not going to be disappointed because I've already seen so much. 
but he has not brought me to this point. He has not brought Christ Fellowship to this point. He has not brought the North Georgia Revival to this point and say, this is it. There, listen, we, we've, not even, we've, we've not even looked at Jesus' pinky. We, I mean, we, this is all we've got right here. Can, can you imagine, can you imagine the glory of God being so thick in this house that you, that you can't even walk into his presence? I long for the day that there'll be people that refuse to come in out in the door. And they'll say, I'm afraid I'll die. Y'all remember Sherry from North Carolina? She came into this room an inch and a half as far as her, one of her legs was shorter than the other. It was Canal graduation of 2021, I think it was, or 2022. And Pastor Marty, she walks into this room with a limp. She was in a car accident, had multiple surgeries, rebroke the leg, and so she's got this limp. She came to watch her daughter get uh, Canal um, uh, diploma, and her ex-husband rode with her because they shared the same child, obviously, and they were in a good relationship. Sherry gets into the water, and her leg grows. Her leg grows. Her ex-husband, unsaved, is right here watching her ex his ex-wife get baptized. He's deaf. Hearing aids, can barely hear. So she said, I'm gonna give you a washcloth to take home with you. Now all the way home, she says in her own words, she preached to him. He's unsaved. He watched and observed when she gets out of the water, no limp, Perfectly well, same size legs, same length. Watches it. So she's pounding him on the way home. Can you imagine that conversation? That washcloth stayed on the counter for a couple of days, a day, a day and a half. It had already dried out, except there was just a little damp. So he took that washcloth because he heard, now he's unsaved, squeezes the washcloth and gets a drop or two in the corner of the baggie and dips a Q-tip into the little moisture and sticks it in his ear and his ear pops open. The Bible calls that extraordinary, unusual miracles, Acts chapter 9, verse 11, where it says God did extraordinary, unusual miracles by the hands of the Apostle Paul. That even handkerchiefs were taken from his body and diseases were cured and devils were cast out. Church, listen to me. That's normal Christianity. That's your Bible. Now, we're going to be people of the book or not of the book. If there's something is written and mentioned in the book, that leads me to believe greater and more, I need to jump into that. I need to give myself into that. Talk to me. Now, Pastor Marty, I think the Apostle Paul is very aware of what's happening in this water. And you're going to have a conversation with him one day. And he's going to ask you, what was it like? Some of y'all have held people with cancer. Some of you have literally been 
eyeball to eyeball, shoulder to shoulder with miracles that have taken place in the water. They're going to ask you, what? tell me what that was like. We never saw anything quite like that. Do you all know how unusual where we are? Talk to me. Talk to me. So he puts that in his ear, and his ear pops open. He had sciatic nerve problems, back problems, and he took the washcloth that was damp and rubbed his whole body with it. He said, if it worked, I just, he, just, I mean, he just took a bath, a dry bath, just, just rubbed it all, and his sciatic nerve problem was healed and repented and got born again. Yeah. Repented and got born again. Now, 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 Evan, this is important because on the way home, he says, Sherry, do you know why I didn't get in that water? This is what he said. He says, I was afraid God would kill me. Can y'all imagine that there's such fear from the unsaved world? Not mocking, ridiculing us, making fun of us because of all of our mishaps. But the lost world finds a place of where the glory of God is, and they're afraid. We're afraid. Take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. But there's such mercy and love and grace and tenderness in the room. It's not that God is trying to push them away. There is an awareness of their own depravity, their own emptiness, their own void, and said, I'm an, un, I'm, I'm, I'm an unclean man, and that in there is holy. And I know even my mama didn't even let me take my dirty shoes into a clean house. And I'm afraid if I get closer into that, into that room, I, I'm, I'm going to be obliterated. Something's going to happen. A judgment's coming to me. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going into that. Then one of y'all go up to him, put your arms around him, and say, brother, it's okay. This is what we have been praying for. Across that threshold is unmatchable grace, unbelievable mercy. You're going to have joy, forgiveness of sin. Your life's, ever going to be, your, your life's going to be changed because of one encounter with him. Hallelujah. We're not settling, PM. We're not settling. We'd run a 5K. Let's run a 10K. Six months from now, we said we've run a 10K. Let's go to a, let's go to a half marathon. Then we're going to go to 18 miles. We're going to go to 20 miles. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep praying. You're going to hear it over and 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 over again and again and again and again because the formula, if you want to give it, but the pathway, seek my face, cry out for my glory, anything in me that grieves you. And that manifests and materializes in this room with corporate prayer. There's no substitute. You'll get a call. You'll get a call. My family wants to bring the body. It's too late to prepare then. Well, the Bible says we'll raise the dead. You can't even turn off ESPN when he calls you to prayer. 
Every excuse in the book, raining outside, tired, I gotta eat, haven't eaten, not come to corporate prayer, and then all of a sudden we wanna rally and see a miracle of God raise the dead. It doesn't happen in the moment, it happens because we prepare. Jesus even said this kind does not go out except through prayer and fasting. Not your incantations, not your shouting, not the text that you've read, not the books that you've read. It comes as a result of being intimate with me and knowing my heartbeat. Oh, come on now. It comes out with prayer and with fasting, complete sacrifice, complete yielding to the Lord. I remember they brought the ark of God into a foreign temple. And Dagon was there, side by side. The ark of God was the glory of the Lord presence of God. And they simply placed that ark just in the vicinity of that stone statue. And in the morning, something happened in the night. An oozing, a leaking of the glory. God caused that stone structure not at the leg, not at the waves, but at the head. Falls off and shatters on the floor. May there be such glory in this room that when you walk in in mid-afternoon, that every ailment in your body confronts life. So thick in here it's hard to breathe. So dominant of his presence that you can't help but weep with joy. I sense it. I feel what he's wanting to do in this place. We've not, we've not seen dozens of miracles. A handful. Not even hundreds. Laden, we observe thousands. God has not brought us this far to bring us this far. If you're wanting to be a part of this tribe, I'm going to tell you something. We're full for this, for this segment, for this adding new members. If you're wanting to be a part of this tribe, I'm telling you as compassionately and lovingly and shepherdly as I can, my heart is prayer. It is that. The lower I go, the more he does. May we understand there is no substitute. Your willingness to serve is beautiful, but there's no substitute for prayer. It's the highest priority of the church. Stand your feet all across the room. Oh, I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. It's resonating all through my body right now. This is significant. Significant. 
I'm not tampering. I'm not, I'm not hounding you. You know that, church. You know that. You know that. You know it. But I can't pull back on what I know to be his plan for this house. Father, I thank you that in this room, in this place right now, your glory Receiving right now. Sickness is leaving bodies. Even at home, receive it right now. Sickness is leaving your family, leaving your body. Hey, la la, my I need no Thank you, Lord. Waves, oh God, just waves of glory. Put us in this aquarium, so to speak, Lord. Just, just wave after over our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Your presence, your glory, your presence, your glory, your presence, your glory, your presence, your, glory, your face, Jesus. You are the manifest presence of God. You are God. Lord, you are the full embodiment of glory. It says it in Hebrews. Walk into this room unhindered. Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now here's what we do. As we preach, we move in that direction. Tomorrow night, I'll be in, um, in Florida preaching two nights. I want to invite you to make sure that you're here in prayer. I'll be back Wednesday. But I want you to come and be in this house in prayer. Seek his face, behold his glory. Does that make sense to everyone? I'm just encouraging you. It's no command. It's not, I'm just encouraging. Am I coming across hateful? All right, I don't want you, I'm very conscious of that. But my eyes have seen. And my ears have heard. All right. If you're, thank you, Lord. All right. I'll see you tonight at five o'clock prayer if you um, will be here. Six o'clock there at Snodgrass. If you're going with uh, our team to the Eastern Mississippi Correctional Facility, I'm going to walk immediately right now to, the, to that room. So I'll, I'll keep you about 12 minutes. I need you to go. So Lord bless your people. Thank you for being in this room. Thank you for touching us. Set these waters on fire tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's give them a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord.